0: I got friends, only one of the business. I got expenses. When is expensive? I got expenses. expensive? I've been out of work.
1: And i been shutting down stars. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight cells Show for Closers. My name's Kevin Hill. I'm your host, as always, here on Freight Waves TV. We're live here at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday. And welcome, everybody. Watching and and listening, we're going to talk about sales today. But we're going to talk about your biggest competitor. Your biggest competitor, the status quo. It's not the the, the firm down the street. It's not the brokers down the street or across town or across the country. It is not another trucking company. It is not a, new, a newer technology or a competitive technology. It's all the status quo. It's about going in and persuading the buyer to change. Now that's changing services sometimes, that's adopting new processes. Uh, But that's what we're going to talk about. And we have a very special guest today to do that with us. And that's Dirk McLeod. He's the founder and CEO over at Highlander Tech. And there's Dirk right there. How are you doing today? How are you? I'm doing good too. I'm doing good with let's start off with um, talking about a little article and then we'll get into the Highlander tech. This is an older article. It's about 10 years old, but it stands the test of time. And it's all about status quo and getting past that status quo, because, as you know, Dirk, right, the, the your biggest competitor is the status quo doing things like we we've always done them. And getting uh, a buyer to change, to change, to adopt a new technology or a new service, whatever that might be. That's the, the the toughest road roadblock, isn't it?
0: It is. It is, especially in trucking, as we all know. Everybody has been doing the same thing for a long time. Yeah.
1: So some of that is, so there's three points here that we're going to cover real quickly is, is don't get blinded by bias, right? And that's your own bias, you 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 breathe in, you, you live it day in, day out, whatever the product or service it is that you're selling it, you know, back you know it backwards and forwards, and you think it's the greatest thing in the world. But the market might not think the same. That they might not be educated enough to, to have any opinion about it whatsoever. So to take an unknown service, product, technology, right, Dirk, and to, to have that implemented you really have to just sit in that buyer's seat and educate. It's going to be a, a long process sometimes, but it's, it's walking the mile in, in those shoes, right?
0: Yes, and it is a long process.
1: <laughs> it is. It It, it is. It's, it's something simple. It's still a long yeah. process, right? And it might be very clear in your mind, but to get that same clarity in the prospects or the buyer's mind, that is a long process.
0: Yep. And it's all how you tell the story, it seems like, you know, you can tell it two different ways and you get two different reactions. That's exactly right. It is all about the story. Number
1: two is don't confuse interest with intent. And I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of salespeople, there's a lot of confusion because that's a fine line sometimes. Right. But it's a very long bridge. And you yeah. do have to cross that, and getting a lot of interest is, is a great feeling. It's 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 uh, it's amazing, right? But to actually have action following that interest is is where the rubber meets the road.
0: Absolutely, absolutely,
1: yeah. And then don't rely on early adopters. Now, I think early adopters are fantastic. They're, they're going to get you off the ground. They are going to be. Uh, great cheerleaders for you and champions for you. Uh, they're going to give you a lot of great feedback to, to improve your product or your service or tailor your story with. But early adopters are very minority, very small segment of the entire market, right? So while those early adopters are very important, sales has to change to, to go out and, and, and grab those early majority, this late majority, if you go by the diffusion scale, right? But the the overall general market, you have to, to change your approach.
0: Yeah, and I think especially as a startup, you end up with some early adopters and you think immediately, I've got product market fit, and then things slow down and you realize, okay, maybe I really don't have product market fit. And then you end up pivoting and ultimately you end up stumbling across something that, uh, you know, that is your end up being your product. Exactly
1: right. That, that early though, there's early adopters. You you think, Oh, sales are going to be easy. And then you get outside of those early adopters and, and reality sets in to where, you know, nothing is ever easy, especially whenever you're coming up with new product, Um, which is something that, that you're doing over at Highlander tech. So, you know, Dirk, you're the, the, founder and CEO and I, I'll let you explain exactly what you're doing over there because you're going to, you can do it much better than I can.
0: Okay. So Highlander tech, really what we're trying to build is a delivery location intelligence platform. All right. If you think about last mile delivery, a lot of different studies, but they say up to 50% of the total shipping costs can be in the last mile. And obviously this is because of the time it takes to make the delivery. So, um, I spent 12 years running the operations of a wine and spirits distributor, and when we would route our drivers each night, we always focused on number of cases to determine service time. So our drivers would come in the next morning, look at their manifest, it would say, I'm going to be finished at six, then they would end up getting back to the DC at like eight or 10, and they were always bad, you know, and I figured out, these guys have of just like everybody else. They've got kids with baseball games and they want to be part of that. So we figured out we had to solve the problem. So what we figured out real quick was it really wasn't the cases, but it was the location itself that caused the delivery to take long, you know? So in in that industry, was very like Publix. You backed up to the loading dock, you unloaded. An IGA required you to unload in the front parking lot Will it through the door? Check in at customer service. Okay, you had some liquor stores that actually required you to roll it into a cage. They locked the cage. You checked all the product, then you rolled it to the floor. Every bar and restaurant was different, so we tracked the actual service time at each individual customer so that we solve the problem. You know, and then once the the owner sold the business, you know, I went out to do something on my own, and along the way, I realized. There is no location information really in any shipping. I mean, if you think about it, when I was a kid, everything was dot to dot. You went to the store and you picked Mm -hmm. it up. Had mail order catalogs, and all of a sudden, the UPS man started coming to our house all the time. Now, fast forward post COVID, you know, you can order anything online and have it delivered to your house. So there was an obvious problem for the carrier because they needed to be compensated for the time it was taking to make these deliveries. So. Res, you know, Parcel came up with Resi surcharge. You've got LTL that created residential and limited access accessorials. So which makes perfect sense from the carrier standpoint, but you know, really what still doesn't make sense to me is, you know, these these costs are there, but you quote your shipment based on postal code or at best city state postal code. So you really have no idea all these additional costs that are gonna be involved in the delivery And even on full truckload, it may be dot to dot, but, you know, as everybody and you talk about all the time on your show, there are all kind of things that are happening at a distribution center that affect the time it takes to make a delivery. And so we're trying to kind of bring all of that to the front end of the transaction and let them know what exists at this location for each individual.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, and as I understand it, it's preemptive, right? Or it's pre shipment when you talk about accessorial and residential accessorials and, and surcharges. That might be a blanket kind of generic surcharge, or that could be added on once the, the really the driver gets the location and runs into to issues. Then you, you get upcharges and that does not lead to, to great customer satisfaction to the, the, the carriers and,
0: and and intermediaries who are, are carrying out that business, right? Yeah, when well, you think about a broker today, I mean, they struggle to find a shipper. You know, they're always out there cold calling. Let me find a shipper, let me find a shipper. Mm-hmm. And you finally find somebody, you give them a quote and it's $200 and then you serve up an invoice that's like $400 because all of a sudden it was residential, it was limited access, it, it did a lift gate. Well, what's that customer going to do? He's probably going to go somewhere else next time, which it's just this, you know, this wheel going round and round and you're always trying to find new customers. And I I can't tell you how many people I talk to. They're like, all I want to do is tell them what the actual invoice is going to be so that I don't have to fight that battle on the back you.
1: Yeah, and I never did a lot of LTL precisely for that reason, really, because uh, it was was a total mystery to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, either... Either you're going to have surcharges or some kind of claim, some, something always kind of gets damaged, it seems like. And um, for the margins and for the, the effort of learning that, that 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 world and really it's another language in a lot of ways from full truckload, yeah. it just never really made sense for, for me to
0: do that. Well, and, you know, even on the full truckload, as you see, if if you knew that this warehouse, you know, had long load times, you know, mm-hmm. there's something about it. You know, and I'm not trying to create that information. There are a lot of other companies out there creating it. But what we want to do is we want to bring that information to the actual broker or to that shipper on the front end of the transaction. So when it hits that DC, we can tell them anything they need to know about it. So they can pass that information along to their carrier partner so that they can make the delivery and get it done on time. You know, it's very simple, but all this information is silos everywhere, right?
1: It is. And then that comes back to the, the status quo theme of, of this this episode is that this is powerful information that you can take those silos and what's the best word for that? unsiloed, I suppose, or, or integrate it throughout a, a company. But that takes change. Right. And that's what it really all amounts to is change. Right. Where, where's, where's the urgency in that, you know, in, in creating that, that, that story and the narrative to, to create, I, you know, it is urgency, but it is the, the, the need, you know, the, the need to do it right now instead of thinking about it for another year and, and putting into the the roadmap of the future uh that, that we'll talk about in our next corporate meeting and in, in six months right and that that's the the great competition that that you're facing right now
0: oh absolutely I mean I can't tell you you know all these large brokers you you have this conversation and yes it's a problem and then you kind of get in line with their technology team and what's a priority right now and the priorities are always shifting, so it goes back and forth, and you know it, it's it's hard to rise to the top, you know. So it's really it's you know for us it's about just getting this information out there so people know it exists, and that's kind of the main point of what we're doing right now. Yep, and is that the persuasion is, is certainly
1: customer attrition It's those hidden costs, right? And a lot of ways that's what you're dealing with, and a lot of what everyone's dealing with, right? If you're out selling a product, you have to really focus in on those hidden costs which are the same as opportunity costs in a lot of ways, it's those things that you can't directly measure on an ROI. And and yeah. part of that is customer retention. You know, how do you feed that in there? You have to, to create a, a great story um, because the, the the numbers are somewhat too hard to get to in, in a lot of ways. But stories will yeah. resonate with a with number of people.
0: Yeah, and it's across all modes. I mean, even parcel, it's, I mean, a, a residential surcharge could be $5.85. and eighty five cents and Nobody knows that exists, but you think about these retailers out there that are struggling to, you know, mm-hmm. make e-commerce business profitable. But if you're paying a residential surcharge on every one of these, that's a lot of money. And there are some regional carriers that they want that residential delivery and they'll charge a lot less. But if you don't have that information up front, you can't make that decision. Yeah. And you think
1: about how competitive e-commerce is, right? You're talking about surcharge where you're, you're probably offering some sort of free shipping. You know, certainly if you hit a dollar amount of sales and then yeah. you have to factor in the returns. Right. And, and what those surcharges are on those free returns that, that everyone is, is offering really cuts into your margin quite, quite quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, you think of all the there's a lot of large e-commerce players out there that have been in existence for a long time and they they've never made money, you know. Mm-hmm. And the world of easy VC money being thrown at you just because you have a lot of customers, I mean, right now that that doesn't exist. So what's going to happen? You know, people have to make money. That's the key. Cash yeah, is key. It, it is. Uh, we, we talked about LTL uh, about full truckload
1: uh, applications for for something like that. You know, facilities. You know, it, it, we always talk about detention and demerge and and loading times. Um, but but lumper, you know what's required at that, and, and oftentimes, maybe, you know, the ease of access in and out of those locations uh, as well, because I, I've i had deliveries into, you know, it's a dock, it's a warehouse, but, you know, you, you have to back around a corner to, to get into the, the, the dock, because it's uh, a small warehouse, uh, let's say, right? And the, there's some dangers in there that is that are always a sticking point, and it's, it's it's nice to have information, to tell your drivers and, and things like
0: that. Well, you think about every address is actually created by the USPS and it all is for the location that that mailman enters the building and the mailman's probably entering the building on the front side of the building. He's not entering on the dock side. So that's not an actual address that exists. But, you know, if you have a geospatial platform, which is the, what we've built, you know, as, as we get information from, you know, our customers or we partner with other people, it's easy for us just to pass that information along to the shipper and just include it, you know, in it. I mean, you've got e-build ladings these days. Everybody's kind of trying to get uh, to that point, but you need all that information up front, put it all in the bill of lading, and it has to travel all the way downstream to the actual driver. And that's the only way to sell.
1: It is, and 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 that's a story, right? It's all about storytelling, and, and something that you're probably working on. Uh, let's, uh, you know, you're, you're working on your story, and it involves probably each and every day, right? As you 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 build the product out further and find more use cases, um, you know how important it is, you know how much time do you dedicate on the story about it, and, and trying to take everything that you're doing and create something
0: that resonates with buyers Well, you know and it it changes almost after every conversation because you can have a conversation with one guy like if i'm talking to a broker that does a lot of ltl it's a very easy story to tell because he's dealing with this oh there's a residential surcharge oh there's a limited access oh the invoice now i'm having to research the invoice and then i'm having to eat some of that in order to eat this customer that's an easy story You go to some other people, they may be, you know, some higher up individual in the organization who have never been a broker. And a lot of times they don't understand all the troubles that, you know, the driver is actually having or they're, Mm -hmm. you know, people in accounting that are dealing with all these invoice discrepancies. So then it's a very different story because he's not feeling the pain. So it's really, it's understanding, as they always say, who your audience is and you have to kind of tailor that story to him. But, you know, as you know, on a sales call, you don't really know what that guy's background really is and what his knowledge mm-hmm. is. So kind of have to ask some probing questions to understand what he knows about it. So that then you can tailor that, that story to meet a pain that he has.
1: You do. You know, when you, are especially when you're starting out, it's important that I had an old boss out that told me that this, and it, it's really stuck with me for, 15, 20 years is, is, you know, every call, if you can hit one of these three marks, it's a success, right? If you hit multiple ones, it's, it's really good. If you hit third one, of course, it's it's a home run, but you should always, um, this is how you move forward, right? Move forward in sales and building a better story, a better pitch, however you want to, to say it. So you want to share information, right? You want to learn information. Right, and you want to close the deal, right? Um, but that that third one is is going to be you know one out of a yeah. hundred. But the first two are very doable, right? You want to share your information. You want to get feedback from it. Plus, you want to get feedback from what the the potential buyer is is going through, right? To 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 do that. So if you're if you're out, the, I, I guess the, the importance is to talk is to many as many potential buyers as possible as quickly as possible to learn that information, learn how they're reacting to your story, learn what to to include into your story, um, because they're going to give you a lot of great information that, that you're going to use on the next call. And not to get down about that process, because that process does take a while, but it pays off an end.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you and I were having a conversation the other day. I was asking, you're like, well, I know what I did badly. And I'm like, well, that's good information as well. Tell me what not to do so I can at least avoid that bitfall. <laughs> it,
1: it is. And then this part of sales and business and life in general, right? It's a, it's a process of elimination. Um, I think Thomas Edison said it, you know, I, I know 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb, And uh <laughs> just know one one way to do it. And then I finally got there, which is, is that, that persistence that, that it takes, especially whenever you have uh, a a new product, but you know, a new data set, a new data set out there. Um yeah. while it makes sense and everybody has has always said, oh yeah, I wish I had that. Actually beating that status quo to to take action when you need to take action, which is always right now, right? In in sales, yeah. but to to take action is is a difficult thing to do and it takes persistence and uh willpower and and not getting down uh with all the notes right yeah
0: you have to have thick skin that's one thing you learn really quick is you know it's the the majority of the answers you get it's no you know and you have to be able to get past it but it's i mean it's hard to get over someone saying something bad about your product or all that doesn't make sense but you know, so you're down, and then the next call, they're like, "Oh, wow, that's the greatest thing since Slice. bread." Turn you right back up again, and then you're down again. Then you're up. So it's it's definitely a roller coaster for sure.
1: It is, it is, and it's, it's something that to 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 even that out a little bit. It's never going to even out very much, but to even out is is you know we we're talking about early adopters. Identify those early adopters, right? You really want to 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 take advantage of that. And then if we go into the chart of diffusion, you have the, the early majority, which is uh, sandwiched between early adopters and the, the median on the, the bell, curve, right? They're those early majority because um, they're sellable. You get into late majority and then the, the never evers. And you, you really should be able to identify those two groups, especially never evers, and just leave them alone. Because they are just yeah. going to to waste your time and say really bad things and and get you your confidence shot a little bit. So I would encourage anybody to just to to, to be able to identify in this part of the qualification phase, identify those and just leave them alone because
0: you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. And maybe one day, who knows? You know, somebody in their industry goes down that road then it's kind of the typical fomo type of situation and then all of a sudden this person's doing it so and and amazon drives that everybody's like whatever amazon's doing i have to do so you know but obviously you're not going to get into amazon necessarily but still that it's everybody's kind of that way nobody wants to be the early mover they want somebody else to do it first and then everybody kind of will start adopting and we've seen the same thing you know in our business too yeah, you know, one of the, the great things is uh, that you're you're working with early adopters, early
1: maturity, and you become a competitive advantage, right? And you move from competitive advantage to table stakes. And I think that's what the, the goal of every company is, right? It is to go from uh, a true competitive advantage that is is special or unique to, to each one of your buyers to where everyone's adopting it. And it becomes... A cost of doing business or table stakes. You have to have it
0: to to, to compete. And yep. um yeah And that's the process everyone's on. Yes, that is. And it, you know, it, it obviously that whole process was a lot more interesting during COVID because everything changed. And, you know, what you find now is that really even in a sales process, everything's a Zoom call and everybody's scheduled 30 minutes, and you hit that 30 minutes and they cut you off. Where mm-hmm. you know Back when you could actually have face-to-face, you, you, you'd you have a the opportunity to create or develop this relationship with the person. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to deal with people once they kind of know you, but you don't really get that on these Zoom calls with people. So the whole sales process, I think, is a lot more difficult than it used to be um, because the relationship just doesn't seem to exist as much. True, true. You, you don't have the depth, you, you have the breadth. Right, it allows
1: for the breath, but but not necessarily depth. Uh, yeah, uh, Dirk, cool. Thanks for for joining us. on put that coffee down. Uh, how does our audience reach out to learn more about Highlander Tech?
0: Yep. So you can uh, you can obviously get me on LinkedIn um, or feel free to email me. It's Dirk M, um, as my daughter says, Dirk D Y R C. Mammoth no vowels, but uh, Dirk M and Highlander thank you very much,
1: and uh, enjoy the rest of your week and good luck at the out there on the the, the sales floor. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. You yeah. bet. And well, let's go over the status quo again because it, it is important because that is really your your biggest competitor out there. Don't get blinded by the bias, right? You're going to be biased that your product or service is the greatest thing out there. That doesn't mean everyone else agrees or even knows about it. Don't get don't confuse interest with intent. That's a big one actually because you can find a lot of interest. But if you don't, the, the buyers aren't coming on uh, as well, then you need to retool uh, your store, your list of services, your package, and don't rely too much on early adopters. They're, they're great in the beginning, but you got to retool your sales process to go out and get tougher tougher buyers to get in front of. But that wraps up for this episode of Put That Coffee Down. We'll be back on next week, 12 p.m. Eastern Time here on FreightWaves TV. <laughs>
0: I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause win is expensive. I got the win is, yeah, yeah. is expensive. I've been beating out of
1: work, and I've been shutting nine stars.